All right, it's week number 20, DFS MVP, the conference championship round. Holden Kushner, our director of DFS, TJ Hernandez here. How about this? Leaving us with some Nelly for the 2019 season. Anything to this or? Well, if I remember correctly, we started 2018 with Nelly. So close out with Nelly. It was either our first or second podcast. So today bringing us in is EI from Nelly's 2000 album the classic country grammar uh last last song of the year for the intro and if you like that you're gonna miss us all off season and you want uh, a little touch of dfs mvp you can find the spotify playlist just search dfs mvp on spotify and all of those intro songs along with the classic nelly uh you could find right there right on man and uh, we got conference round weekend game by game before we get into this, I had a blast doing this uh, this year with you. You know, last year was uh, – it's a podcast that I've just been subscribed to for a long time, and it was cool doing it this season, TJ. So great job out of you, man. Man, it was, it's was it been great having you on. We got a lot of great feedback from the listeners, not just listening to the podcast, but a lot of people making a lot of money just listening to the pod. So that's really what we're here for. Uh, it's been a really good year, man. Hopefully we can finish strong with this conference round. It's it's uh, We're talking about it a little bit off air. It's it's almost a little bit tougher to, to analyze this because we're down to two games. Uh, obviously, the main slate covers both games. So really what we're looking here is it's uh, instead of, trying to pick between the uh, a full slate obviously it's like what one or two or three studs are you gonna you're gonna target or really which one are you gonna fade might be more important and then the dart throws uh that's really the difference in these short slates and and this week i think i think running back's pretty straightforward just because we don't uh it, it we kind of have we know who's gonna get the ball in these backfields so this week i think it comes down to who's your dart throw gonna be in the passing game and we're obviously gonna get into that a little bit so let's talk strategy just for a second. Mm-hmm. Do you change it up any during the playoffs? Because I have changed, obviously, bankrolls come down a little mm-hmm. bit, but I play a lot more single entries. Yeah, and sure. I feel like, you know, if you're going to get the dart throw, I'll play 10 different single entries and I'll just put 10 different lineups in that way. And so hopefully something will hit. I mean, that's basically what it is. I'm not playing cash, I'm not even doing the 10 man games anymore. Now I'm just playing single entries. I'm especially championship round. I'm I'm pretty much done with cash. The only reason I might play cash is if, say, I do play a, a ten or a twenty max. Um, I might take all of those lineups and put them in a smaller fifty-fifty just to hedge my bets a little bit, uh, get a couple bucks back. But I'm not rolling out uh, one lineup into like five hundred head-to-heads or anything like that. So as far as game selection, I agree with you there. Uh, I, I think what you have to do is you kind of just have to especially on these really small two game slates, you have to stick to a really small core. Um, and just like I said, go after those, those dart throws and you have to plant your flag. If you get caught up in trying to cover, cover all of your bases, uh, I think that's where, where people can get lost on these short slates because then all of a sudden it's, it's really hard to be overweight on players. And that's where you're going to gain your edge being planning your flag, being overweight on players that you're really going to take a stand on instead of just trying to cover all those bases. All right, compared to the regular season, this has been a very low-scoring postseason. Mm-hmm. But we do have two, two high totals this week. Both are over 55. You got both teams favored at home by about a field goal, mm-hmm. depending, you know, you can get a half point here and there. But let's get into this now. Uh, does the home team, road team thing, how does that factor in to this week? Uh a lot of it comes down to uh, 
I mean, it's a little different, I think, because the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are, are such an anomaly, and it's hard to predict what they are if they've just been so dynamic. But uh, Warren Sharp is always uh, tweeting out some some great stats. And as it pertains to this week, non-dome teams are 29 and 40 on the road in the playoffs since 2009. So uh, 42% win rate. So the basically the road team is, is close to a coin flip in, in these games. Obviously, when it comes to uh, the playoffs, especially championship round, you're usually pitting the two best teams in the conference and and this year it is the chalk the one and the two seeds on both sides against each other uh so not a surprise that that those those outdoor teams don't have that huge edge as those dome teams do home dome teams 22 and 7 in the playoffs in that span so uh as we're looking at these two games that would suggest that the bigger home field advantage this week goes to uh, the Saints. And I think with the weather concerns in KC, that that should make sense on paper because New England, they are a cold weather team. They've played a lot in the cold. Um, and I, I think a lot of this slate and and how we attack it, we'll get into it when we, when we get into the second game, but is going to come down to just how bad is that weather in Kansas City? They're talking about um, it's cold. That's yeah, they're, well, they're talking about like near zero degrees, and and right now the forecast that I saw was like twenty twenty three or twenty four. If it's high high twenties, I think that is going to make it a way more manageable game, especially for the Chiefs because they are the more pass heavy team. But if it is down near zero degrees, uh, I, I think we can start to have some real concerns about that Chiefs passing game. So that one's going to come down to kickoff for me. I'm going to be watching the weather really closely on Sunday morning. What if it's 15, right in the middle there? Yeah, I think that's still pretty low. I'm, 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 I'm going to be a lot more confident in the Chiefs if it's like in those high 20s. That's, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Man, things change throughout sure. the week. And listen, mm-hmm. I was, I've lived in Kansas City in that area for a long time. The weather changes very quickly. So, you know, we might have... If you listen to this Saturday night, you know what's coming tomorrow. I mean, I could be completely wrong here, but it could, you know, it could be a twenty-five degree game. But you're right; it, it could be below zero, and who knows what the winds are like. So, yeah, yeah, um, I've seen a couple. A yeah, I've seen a couple guys on on Twitter just talking about. Obviously, there's so much attention just on this game, but uh, apparently, Kansas City has a has a pretty volatile uh, forecast, especially like their their one week forecast. So, um, if that holds true, that's definitely going to be something we want to pay attention to because yeah those early week reports are like it's going to be the coldest game ever so yeah it could, it could make Monday, a difference it was there was gonna be snow on monday right now it's gonna be clear yep so again uh, i guess you know tj's giving you some parameters there as far as the the temperature goes and then wind is always the the big one 15 and above that's that's when you start getting a little concerned there but we'll start with new new orleans and the rams because uh there's no weather concerns here in the dome the Saints, three-point favorites. Game totals 57 right now. And uh, if you'll remember, this was a great football game. Mm-hmm. 70 points the two teams tallied. 45-35, won by the Saints. I, I like to look back at, at these games in season. Uh, obviously, one game sample size, you, you can't hang your hat on anything, but I think it's uh, it's a chess mess f- match for the teams, and it's a chess match for us DFS players because we're going to look back and say, oh, this is what happened. Is it 
Is it going to repeat itself, or is the opposite team going to try to adjust to what happened in the first game, and maybe we don't see a, a mirror of that first game? But the first one was a shootout. Both quarterbacks over 340 yards. Goff threw for three touchdowns in that Week 9 game. Breeze threw for four with no interceptions. That's where the Saints won 45-35. Uh, to 35. Gurley actually was, was pretty average in that game. 19 PPR points. That was his first game of the season in Week 9, below 20 PPR points. Only had 79 total yards. Uh, it was the the Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas show that that week. Kamara one hundred sixteen total yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Michael Thomas two hundred eleven yards on twelve catches and fifteen targets that week. Um, obviously, with that shootout, the 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 Rams receivers all had pretty good games. They still had Cooper Cup at that time. Woods Cup Cooks all over seventy yards in that game. Cooks was the standout. One hundred fourteen yards on six catches and a touchdown on eight targets. So I, I'm definitely keeping that in mind. Those those numbers uh, when I when I'm making lineups for this week. The interesting here, I think, is a tight end because you really yep. differentiate yourself. Everybody's going to have Kelsey. Mm-hmm. So who else are you going with? Last week, it looked like golf looked toward Higby a little bit mm-hmm. more. In that Week 9 game, Higby had two catches for 40 yards, and Everett had three catches for 48 yards. Everett had five targets. Higby had four targets. I think it would be interesting if you if you can hit the dartboard where it needs and the bullseye, one of these two guys, which one are you picking this week? Are you going back yeah. to Everett, who I would think would be a little more highly owned. I as as it stands right now, four for four has Higby, uh, forty five hundred Fandle, twenty six hundred DraftKings. If we take out Kelsey and Gronk, Higby is our highest ceiling value. Uh, but mm. him and Everett are pretty much neck and neck. So I'm I'm probably going more with Everett just because leading up to the postseason, Everett was the guy that they were using a lot more. Higby had four targets last week to Everett's two, uh, but Everett had six targets uh, in three of the last games down the stretch, and and I, I'd rather use that sample size than uh, assume a, a one-game sample size. But the way I'm approaching the tight end position in particular here is I'm going to use uh, these guys mostly if I want to use Kelsey in my flex. So if I'm trying to, if I'm making a lineup where I'm trying to pay up for uh, pass catchers, I think in general with, with pricing on both sites, uh, you can fit in at least three studs. If you go down to, to one of the cheaper quarterbacks, namely Jared Goff, I think you might be able to fit in a fourth, but it looks like the number is three right now. So if I want to get to Kelsey with uh, with something like, say, Thomas and Kamara or Kelsey and Tyreek, I think the move here is to put Kelsey in your flex and pay down for a tight end. Uh, otherwise, I'm if if I'm just rolling out one of these tight ends I th- and I'm looking to save at the position, I think probably I'd rather just go Gronk, assuming I don't want, want a tight end in my flex there. Really, you like Gronk? Nobody's gonna be on him, right? I don't like Gronk, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be comfortable just rolling out a a Higby at my tight end position if it's not letting me get up to like I said, Kelsey and one of those other studs. You wonder if if Gronk just has one more game left in him, you know? And if they get through this, would he have it in the Super Bowl? Right. But does he have one more game where he could just let it all ride? The the broken body just doesn't care, and he goes out and has a big game. So. Definitely need a little bit of uh, exposure to Gronk, no doubt about it. So um, back to the New Orleans Rams game, right? Mm-hmm. So you got you went through all the numbers there. Goff had a big day. Breeze had a big day, but um, Jared Goff has just gone backwards. Yeah, uh, he is not the same guy he was in the first half of the season. Actually, it was interesting. You saw some stuff on, or I found some stuff on Dak Prescott where Dak 
really over the last six, seven weeks of the season, had Goff-like numbers, and then Goff had Dax numbers from the first part of the season. Um, Jared Goff, though, with that great I, – I, you know what? I wouldn't even call it a great matchup. This state's defense has really stepped up. They, yeah, they, they have. I mean, <laughs> let's see what happens this week. But give me a little lowdown on Jared Goff because I just have not seen him be nearly as efficient or even accurate as he had mm-hmm. been in the first half of the year. So as as it stands right now, Jared Goff projects as our second best ceiling value on both sites, slightly ahead of Drew Brees. And we have Drew Brees projected for more. But the thing about Jared Goff is you're getting relative to the other quarterbacks. He's very cheap, especially on Fandle. He's down at eight thousand dollars on Fandle, fifty hundred fifty four hundred dollars on DraftKings. So as the cheapest quarterback on the slate. Goff is going to let going to let you get to uh, an extra stud, like I said a couple minutes ago. Maybe a fourth stud if you go down to to Goff um, with a with a cheap tight end and maybe a cheap defense, as opposed to I think the the regular build with uh, more recognizable names are probably going to have just three studs. So that's the difference for me. And Goff is probably the quarterback that. I'll be most overweight on. Probably not going to be my highest on quarterback. I'll stop. Probably still have more Breeze and uh, Mahomes. But I, I think you could be pretty comfortably overweight on Goff if you have him, and maybe I don't know a third of your lineups. I think that should le- let you be overweight on the field. Obviously, we only have four options to choose from. Uh, but really, it just comes down to that price tag. You don't have to have the the highest projection on this short of a slate. If he's even close to to the other three guys or to the top guys, if Mahomes underperforms a little bit, even if Goff is just like a a two hundred fifty two day with that cheap salary and none of the other quarterbacks go bonkers, that could be the difference in in getting that extra stud in your lineup. Breeze is eight hundred more on Fanduel yep. and he is five hundred more on DK. Uh, then you look at Michael Thomas coming off a monster game. I mean, basically, if you're playing in a tournament, he has to be part of your team. Mm-hmm. This, he has as high a ceiling as there is as far as a wide receiver go. We've seen him not. Um, we've seen him have you know a floor, but he's hit that floor a little bit too often for me during the season. Last week just blew up once again. The ramp stick against uh, wide receivers, and you know Michael Thomas seems like a core play. Yeah, uh, obviously we only have so many uh, studs to choose from. The the most popular ones are going to be Michael Thomas, uh, Kamara, Tyreek, and 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 uh, Travis Kelsey. Like I said, you you have to plan a flag. The way you're going to assuming you're building a lot of lineups, the way you're going to separate yourself from the field is deciding who you want to pay up for. Michael Thomas is our best non-running back value on FanDuel, and he's our best ceiling value above seven thousand dollars. On DraftKings, the Rams finished the season uh, ranked 27th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. They they don't have a cornerback that can can cover Michael Thomas. Aqib Talib and Marcus Peters just aren't the cornerbacks that they've been in the past, uh, especially Aqib Talib. So the my highest owned stud this week will be Michael Thomas. So if I say the the top scoring wide receiver this week, Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman, Tyreek Hill. Anybody else? Travis Kelsey, even uh, I just put receiver. Yeah, in there. sure. Michael Thomas is your guy. Michael Thomas is my guy. My, Michael, if I have a single lineup um, and I have to pick one player to pay up for, it's it's going to be Michael Thomas. And then you, you've got Cooks. Mm-hmm. We we saw had a nice game against um, the Saints earlier this year. Robert Woods very consistent as well. Uh, that's just a couple of big name. Uh, wide receivers from that game. I thought it was interesting that Breeze and Ginn did not hit 
big time last Oof. week, but he did look Ginn's direction once again. And I feel like if you're off of Teddy Ginn this week, you could be making a mistake. That's a guy mm-hmm. that you're going to have to have some exposure to. Sure. So let me let me talk about this two different ways because you, you brought up Cooks and Woods, and they're kind of in that middle pricing tier. Uh, and I, I think when people are looking at this tier, it's going to be, and we'll get to Edelman shortly, who are you looking at, Cooks, Woods, or, or Edelman? At least between Cooks and Woods, uh, I like Cooks more here. Cooks had the bid game against the Saints earlier in the year. Only one team allowed more completions on deep balls than the Saints this year, and uh, Cooks will most likely be lined up on, on Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, Lattimore had a had a pretty decent game against Alshon last week, but if Alshon catches that, uh, that, that pass at the end of the game, he's all of a sudden near 90 yards. So uh, down the down the stretch, the final six games of the season, Marshawn Lattimore was was near the bottom in terms of yards per target allowed. So between Cooks and and Woods, uh, I'm taking Cooks this week. And then you talked about Ginn. We have three ch- cheap wide receivers in this game. We have Ted Ginn, 5,300 FanDuel, 4,300 DraftKings. Josh Reynolds, 5,400 FanDuel, 4,200 DraftKings. Keith Kirkwood, 5,100 FanDuel, 3,200 DraftKings. I think those are the most viable plays. Anything beyond that, um, you, you're really just throwing a dart. You really don't have anything to hang your hat on. But Ted Ginn is my favorite cheap wide receiver in this game. Like I said, Aqib Talib and Marcus Peters have have both struggled. Aqib Talib more so down the stretch, and Ted Ginn should see a little bit more time against Talib. They were going after Ginn last week. Uh, the Saints were they were trying to get him the ball. They just didn't connect. We mentioned last week on the pod that uh, in Week 16, when they when he did get back from his injury, he was heavily targeted and and was pretty good with those targets. So I'm going to take those that two game sample size and assume that. Ginn continues to get that work and and uh I'm he's my he's he's my favorite receiver to uh pay down for on this slate. And there's a few other options besides the guys I mentioned in, in the other game that we'll get to shortly, but I'm prioritizing Ted Ginn among all the other cheap wide receivers. All right. So uh tight end, Kelsey is a guy that just uh we'll talk about here in a couple of minutes. So the other options, I guess, is everybody else. Mm-hmm. And we go into this game. We discussed Tyler Higby. We discussed Gerald Everett. Um, ben Watson and what could be his last game, too. I mean, uh, these are dart throws to me. Yeah, again, Watson is – I'm going to use him the same way as I'm using Higby and Everett. If I use Watson, it's because I want to get to Kelsey or maybe Gronk in my flex. Uh, Watson did have his second-best fantasy season uh, game of the season – against the Rams this year but but again you're he's not being heavily targeted um he's seen the field a little bit but I'm only using him if I want to get Kelsey in the flex why um as we move to running back now why would we want to fade CJ Anderson this week this is a a Saints team that has been uh very good against running backs. They finished fourth in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Uh, the reason C.J. Anderson had a good game with Todd Gurley last week is because they were both able to dominate in a game where the uh, the Rams got ahead pretty big. I don't think that's a situation this week. I, the, the Rams secondary struggles so much against the pass that I really believe that with New Orleans in this dome, there's a good chance they jump ahead. And even if it's a one touchdown deficit, uh, I don't see a spot where 
it's the split that we saw last week with Gurley and C.J. Anderson. He's going to draw some ownership because of the numbers he put up this week, but this just isn't a game where they're going to be able to go back and forth running the ball. C.J. Anderson obviously doesn't have the chops in the passing game that Todd Gurley does, and they're really going to need Gurley in the pass game to keep up with the Saints this week. Uh, then on the other side, with Kamara and uh, Melvin Ingram. Or Melvin Ingram. Come on, let me break. <laughs> Mark Ingram. But Kamara and Mark Ingram... Kamara waiting for that blow up game mm-hmm. again. And I don't, there's not a really negative correlation with Kamara and Thomas, and especially not in, in a, in a slate here where it's going to stand out. No, my favorite build is actually going with at least this early in the week. We are, we're talking on, on Wednesday night. My favorite builds have so far have been Jared Goff with Kamara and Thomas together. That's my favorite oh. build right now. Uh, when people are looking at this slate, I don't think it's going to come so much down to Kamara versus Thomas. I think people are going to be looking at Kamara versus Gurley. Uh, Kamara's 8,100 FanDuel uh, versus Gurley, 8,500 on FanDuel. Kamara, $1,000 cheaper on DraftKings, 6,500 on DraftKings versus 7,500 on DraftKings for Gurley. I already mentioned that New Orleans ranks in the top five in adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. On both sites, 4 for 4 projects Alvin Kamara as the better ceiling value. I I keep referring to ceiling values because we should be slanting towards tournaments. Uh, He's the better ceiling value than Gurley on both sites, and I'm going to own Kamara more than Gurley. I I think they'll both end up in over 40% of lineups, but if you want to to leverage the field, uh, maybe you end up doing, if say you have an equal number of lineups where you have a, a stud running back, I, I think a 75-25, a 75-30 split Kamara to Gurley is the way to go. Hmm. All right, so we'll move on to um, the defenses real quick. Again, New Orleans, they're getting to the quarterback. Uh, they've got a pretty damn good secondary. I think that this – one of the things, if you're a casual football fan, you're not listening to this podcast if you are, but people don't realize how good their defense has been, mm-hmm. um, especially after that awful start where it just looked like it was going to be a long season. They have bounced back, and, and from a fantasy standpoint, they pro- they've got to have the most upside this week. No, I, I definitely think they have the most upside because they, they are in the dome. I'll, I'll get to the reason why the favorites in the other game don't have a lot of upside, but they're favored in the dome at home. All four of the remaining teams uh, in the playoffs finished in the top six in adjusted sack rate allowed. So they're all very good at protecting their quarterback. But of the remaining defenses, New Orleans has the highest uh, adjusted sack rate of any defense. So they will be my highest on defense in the Dome. Uh, I think the way to manage the defenses on this four-game slate is you should be building your lineups around narratives, following how can this game go? Am I building a game stack? Am I mixing and matching my teams? Who do I think is going to win in this game? So I think it'll make more sense to uh, have New Orleans paired up with your with your Camaro or when you do decide to mix in Mark Ingram, having New Orleans there. And then obviously in those lineups where you have Todd Gurley, it's not a bad idea to have, to have Rams defenses. I think ownership still ends up pretty flat on these defenses uh, because they they're it's a three point spread on on both of these games. Uh, people are going to be thinking very similarly. So you're the only way you're going to get a, a a big edge on the field in terms of ownership. You're probably going to have to go like sixty percent defense or something because I do think all four of these defenses will draw at least twenty percent ownership. Mm. All right, so there you go on that game. And, uh, hey, I guess it's what? We got two more weeks of 
uh, DFS mm-hmm. because you could probably play the showdowns on uh, on DraftKings and four for four in DraftKings. We've been bringing you any of our four for four memberships for free. So if you haven't done it yet, might as well do it now. Four for four dot com backslash uh, DraftKings, and you get our most accurate rankings, our lineup generator, and more for five bucks. And then you can enter it into other contests and potentially win even more. So four for four dot com backslash DraftKings. TJ, Kansas City, New England in arrowhead stadium it's gonna be loud it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be uh, one of the most it might be the most hyped up game yeah. this might be the game that i'm looking forward to more than even the super bowl at this point uh to see a rematch between these two teams game totals 55 and a half and the chiefs are three point favorites so you go back to week six that was a, a that was a knuckle fight right mm-hmm. there 43 40 new england won a high scoring affair the weather is gonna be the big question yep. though tj but you know, let's just assume, since it's going to be 20 degrees and clear down for a high, let's just assume it's in the 15, 12 to 15 degree range, but no wind. <sighs> Your take, high scoring, does it go over, under? Where is it? Uh, it like I said, it's, I mean, you pretty much nailed it. If it's if it's even decent weather, and obviously 20 degrees isn't decent weather, but, uh, um, you know, 25 to 30 degrees at kickoff, I think this game should be relatively high scoring. I don't think it'll be the 43 to 40 uh, shootout that we saw back in week six, but uh, the the Chiefs should be able to do all the things the Chiefs has done. It's again, if if it gets looks like it's going to be down in that zero degree range, that's uh, that's where I'm starting to get a little nervous just because it's even when it's that cold, we have a pretty small sample size. It's weather in general shouldn't affect passing, but when it's that cold, it, it definitely affects passing a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at weather here. I, I think, um, we saw after those early week, uh, weather reports, it looks like it's going to be a little more mild. We saw the, the, the line or the over under fall a little bit. It's climbing back up. So that should be a good indicator for us as DFS guys. So Mahomes hunt, uh, is gone now. So you got Damian Williams, uh, Michelle, James White, Hill, Kelsey, uh, no Josh Gordon this time either. You got Gronk and Hogan. We know the big names in this mm-hmm. one. So if you just want to give us a, a quick rundown of the big names, I got a couple other guys to talk to you about. Uh, I, I think the, the most notable thing um, in this game, we saw Kareem Hunt earlier in the, the matchup this season with 185 total yards. So that's going to translate to Damian Williams, who I do think will be the highest owned player um, on this slate, uh, especially on, on FanDuel where he is uh, was is almost $1,000 cheaper than Alvin Kamara. On DraftKings, they're about the same. So uh, because like Tyreek and, and, and Michael Thomas might cannibalize each other's ownership a little bit, even though it won't be much because Kamara and uh, Todd Gurley will eat into each other's ownership a little bit, even though not much. Damian Williams, especially on FanDuel, is kind of in a, a tier on his own. Uh, the only running back, the, the kind of stud running back now, he'll be the highest on player on the slate. Um, what's most interesting to me is the Chiefs side of the ball. What you always look at with Bill Belichick is he's going to shut down the number one. It seems like in the past he's treated Travis Kelsey as the number one. Tyreek Hill has over 130 yards in his two games against uh, against the Patriots. Three touchdowns in one game, uh, only one touchdown in another one. Travis Kelsey has played the Patriots four times. He's only scored once in four career games against the Patriots. He only has one game over 61 yards. Uh, as it stands right now, 
we have Tyreek Hill as the better value than Travis Kelsey, better ceiling value on both sides. But now we get into uh, the maybe some of the guys will be overlooked. Mm-hmm. It, and it is, again, you know, 10 15%, I guess, is being overlooked sure. here. You're going to have to dig down way down deep to find uh, that one player that is owned for less than 5%. But um, you already talked about Gronkowski. Philip Dorsett scored in a couple straight weeks now. You got Hogan, uh, Cordero Patterson. These are just some of the guys from the passing attack uh, of the Patriots. You look at any of these guys and put one ahead of the other. Dorsett, I think, will be higher owned mm-hmm. than Hogan um, at this point. So what do you like there? On on paper, the Patriots actually, the Patriots passing game actually has the best on-paper matchup of of any spot on this slate this week. Kansas City finished the season ranked 29th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight end. 29th against all those positions. The problem here is that uh, we already talked about the weather. Over the final six weeks of the season, New England only passed 56.3% of the time in neutral uh, neutral game script. That's the lowest of the four remaining teams. All the other teams are in the top half of the league. Obviously, Kansas City near the top. So that's the concern there, especially with, with Brady uh, compared to the other guys. Brady's our worst ceiling value on both sides. But to answer your question... Uh, Edelman's kind of obvious. We know he's going to get his Kansas City struggled with slot men down the stretch. But the the cheap guy that I'm looking to on the Patriots is Chris Hogan. Him and Gronk both had the equal average depth of target. Uh, the Chiefs allowed the most deep ball receptions in the league. Uh, the difference for me here is that Chris Hogan should be lined up mostly against Charvarius Ward, the cornerback for the Chiefs. Over the final six weeks of the season, he was targeted on uh, on 25% of his coverage snaps. That's by far the highest of any cornerback remaining here. So uh, Ward, Ward was targeted very heavily down the stretch and they have allowed the deep ball. So Hogan could be that cheap slate breaker here in this game. All right, as we move down um, the way here, and uh, you want to get to the quarterback position, let's let's just get here with Mahomes and Brady. 9,000 Mahomes on FanDuel, um, and uh, Brady at this point. Brady's going to be a lot more. What is he, 8,200, I think, on FanDuel? Let me look that up real quick here because you're going to get him at a nice discount. I believe it was Drew Brees. Yeah, was at Brady's at 84 on FanDuel. 84. And he... Brees is 88. Yep. Okay. So let's just uh, get into the two quarterbacks here. Mahomes, uh, again, the weather, I guess you can be concerned with it. He's got to have the highest. I, I think you'd mentioned maybe Goff has the highest ceiling. I feel like Mahomes always going to have the highest ceiling. But... Um, they're going up against the Patriots defense. This has kind of like found their stride over the last month. Yeah. So Mahomes. The, so the difference between uh, if let's talk about the the, the pricing and the ceilings. Uh, Mahomes is still the still the the highest ceiling quarterback and the highest ceiling value. Uh, Jared Goff is is just a player that I think I'm going to be the most overweight on. And compared to Tom Brady, they they actually projected for the same ceiling on both sides. Goff and Brady. It's just that. Goff, you're getting a, a, a little bit of a discount, and I think that $400 compared to Brady can make a difference. Uh, Mahomes is still going to be my highest-owned quarterback of the week 
just because this this offense has such a high ceiling. Uh, and the the only problem with Mahomes is if you roster him, it's going to be really hard to get to a third stud at the skill position. That's why I like paying down for quarterback this week. I really like loading up on the studs because I do think uh, Mahomes will be the highest on, on quarterback of the week, but I, I, I think people are going to have a really hard time passing him up, and there might be a a slightly lower number of lineups that force in that third or fourth stud. And that's really the difference for me this week. So with all that said, because Goff does allow you to do that, Brady will probably be my lowest owned quarterback on this slate. You have, again, there's only four teams to choose from. So if I'm playing 20 lineups, I still might have four or five Brady lineups, but uh, by far I'll have the fewest Brady lineups of all of the quarterbacks available this week. All right, right on. Uh, as we move on to the uh, pass catchers, it's almost like James White is the wide receiver yeah. one there, but um, he's a guy that we could talk about in the running games. But Sammy Watkins came back last week, um, actually looked healthy, had quite a few mm-hmm. targets, and he's a guy that uh, has just about as high a ceiling as you can see in this game. And the, the first matchup, uh, the the ancillary pass catchers didn't do much. It was pretty much uh, all Tyree kill. And then a little bit of Kelsey uh, Watkins and Chris Conley weren't heavily involved, but uh, we have Watkins as our top ceiling value among the cheap receivers below $6,000 on FanDuel below $5,000 on DraftKings after Ted Ginn. So if I'm prioritizing cheap wide receivers on this slate uh, for me, it's Ted Ginn as a core play, then Sammy Watkins and then Chris Hogan is my favorite dart throw after Sammy Watkins. Uh, I think if you're messing with Conley or something like a, I don't know one like a, a Demetrius Harris or something, you're it's again, you're really just throwing darts going for big differentiation, but Sammy Watkins, top two cheap wide receiver for me on this slate yep we know about Tyree Kill and again we know about Travis Kelsey it's who's who's the other plays in that one uh to the running games we go James White 7500 Fandle 5400 DK Sony Michelle 7700 Fandle 5600 DK and then Damian Williams on the other side like I mentioned Damian Williams should be the the highest own own player on the slate especially on Fandle I think the interesting thing here is, again, if this weather is really bad uh, and New England can avoid a couple big plays early and aren't forced into uh, pass-heavy offense or pass-heavy personnel, James White and Sonya Michelle can really play a huge part in this game. And you could even make an argument that if the weather is horrible and you think the game is going to be a close and maybe relatively low scoring that the way to get unique access to this game is to play white and Sony Michelle together. Uh, again, going back to uh, Warren Sharp pointed out the Patriots dominated the chiefs in 21 personnel. When they played them the first time, the chiefs have been the worst defense in the league against 21 personnel, both, both in the passing game and in the running game. So the, if, if it holds like like we expected to, the Patriots, they're going to want to use both of their running backs at the same time, and they're going to want to use that quick, short passing game because the Chiefs have had a pretty decent pass rush. So there's a situation where we can see a, a – I don't think it'll be a repeat of last week, but uh, something similar where White gets double-digit targets and Michelle has a chance to get that 100-yard bonus. So especially on DraftKings, I kind of like the idea of playing White and Michelle together, at least in the at least in a few of my lineups where I'm building around the idea that the Patriots pull off the upset. That was my best lineup last week was White and uh, Sony Michelle. I think it's always it's, – it's never a bad idea, especially if you're playing – 
uh, a higher number of entries to just uh, on a on a team with a high score mm-hmm. that both guys in the backfield could have big days. Just pair them up, put them together. It'll differentiate yeah. your lineup at the very least. <laughs> I, I think that actually might be my favorite differentiator of the week. And, and again, I, I go back to if, if you're building lineups, build it around a story that you could tell yourself around the game. Are you, are you going to stack just this game and have one or two players from the other game? Are you going to build around the upset? Are you going to build around uh, a team dominating a favorite dominating and if i'm going to do that i'm going to build it around the the patriots building the upset so something like a a james white sony michelle patriots defense uh that's a really interesting lineup to me yep no doubt about it and uh as we move down to the defenses uh, again the patriots find their stride they're what four thousand on Fanduel, they're the lowest priced uh, defense out there, 2100 on DK as well. And as you said, here in the notes, Brady gets rid of the ball too fast. You saw the, the Bosa, mm-hmm. the Joey Bosa, uh, mic'd up during the game, telling Tom Brady, you get rid of the ball too fast. <laughs> he said <laughs> yeah. that to him. <laughs> and, and that's why New England is uh, they're, they're the best team in terms of uh, fantasy points allowed to um, opposing defenses. They just don't let other defenses score in terms of fantasy. Uh, Brady doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't get sacked much. And the the Patriots, they're so cheap that, again, I, I said one of the things I'm focusing on in this slate is trying to get that extra stud in my lineup, and they let you do that. Uh, actually, I actually prefer the Patriots over the Chiefs in terms of fantasy defenses for those reasons. Kansas City just throws a lot more, more chances for mistakes. Patriots aren't going to make those mistakes. So even if the Patriots don't pull off the upset, I think they're the better fantasy defense here. All right, right on. That's it. We're done, my friend. Not only for the show, but for the season. Yeah, it's over. It was a blast. it was a blast. Let's close it out. Um, who? What do you got for, for the Super Bowl, the, the, the winning team and the score? All right, let me just tell you the game that I want to see in the Super Bowl. I want to see the Saints and the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. All right? Um, just because I, I would love to see the Kansas City fans get back uh, to the Super Bowl for the first time since the 60s. I think it was Super Bowl Four was when they won that one. So uh, what do I think is going to happen? I think Brady is going to pull the upset on the road at a low-scoring game. And I think on the other side, it's just going to be a big-time shootout. The Saints are going to hang on, and the Saints are going to beat the Patriots. Man, we're uh, we're locked up there. I'm I, I'm gonna go uh, Saint Saints over Patriots in the Super Bowl, uh, twenty six to twenty three. Then we can talk about the being such a Super Bowl choker that Tom Brady is. He's <laughs> lost so many Super Bowls. Man, yeah, he's uh, he's most, so he's awesome. Shoot, <laughs> shooting for those most Super Bowl losses in history. Obviously, the worst, right? He's so awesome. It's, it's amazing. Like, literally, after the game, he said, you know, everybody said we suck. You're right. Everybody was saying that they sucked, and he went out and he shoved it down their throats. He's he's the best. I love him. Yeah, well, hell of a season, pal. Uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate all the listeners. Uh, I hope everybody has, has a profitable last couple weeks. Uh, we'll be back at least in August, maybe sometime before then. Uh, if if you want to continue to follow us throughout the offseason, uh, best ball content on 444.com. We start as soon as the draft's over. Uh, you could find us on Twitter at TJ Hernandez for myself, at Holden Kushner for uh, Holden, Holden Radio. Uh, at Holden, Holden Radio. Radio, I'm sorry, at Holden Radio uh, for Holden over there. Uh, again, we appreciate all the listens this week, all the downloads, and it's it's been a it's been a great season. And and I'll talk to you soon, pal. Great job, TJ. All right, later, guys. Hey,